the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to City of God, a podcast of the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Dr. Owen Strand, and I'll be your host. Join us each week as we engage the city of man with the biblical wisdom of the city of God. Time was 3 a.m. Daniel Heidel was at the end of his shift when a distress call came in on the radio. There was a truck that was in a bayou, and it was nearly submerged in water. Heidel promptly reversed course, drove to the nearby bayou, got out of his car, and jumped onto the sinking truck. He discovered that there were two adults and two children in the truck who were certainly going to die. They had no hope. And so what he began doing instinctively on the spot was battering the back window of the truck with his arm. He had no instruments. He had nothing heavy to hit it with. He relied on brute human strength in that moment in an attempt to save lives. He did indeed save lives. One child later died tragically. But Heidel's instantaneous action saved multiple people from certain death. This all occurred just a few months ago in Louisiana, in the small province of Ascension Parish, small town. Daniel Heidel was later recognized for his efforts. I came across his story online, and when I read it, I knew that I was being reminded of something vital that we are losing today in Western society, the need for men to be strong, the need for men to be trained to take action, the need for men to put their own lives and well-being on the line for the good of others. We're in an age when strong manhood is identified in many cases neatly with what is called toxic masculinity. Now, men can surely sin and can sin in outsized ways, and so men can do much to earn labels uh, and identifiers like toxic. We all know that this is part of living in a sinful world. Men can earn such a label and women can surely earn such a label as well. We are naturally sinners in need of the grace of God. We know that men do bring outsized strength, relatively speaking, to their lives. And so men do have a a special capacity in at least a good number of situations for inflicting damage and pain and destruction when they spiral out of control. So we can acknowledge that men can have serious consequences when their own strength is not disciplined. We know this. But we also know as believers that we must never equate strong manhood with toxic masculinity. We know we can't do this as Christians because the Scripture itself calls men to be strong. Let's discuss how this is so. I want to give you just three quick thoughts about strong manhood in our time in 2021 to push back against our culture and remind us of what is at stake in this conversation. 
Just three thoughts. First thought, we need men to know God. I'm not particularly interested in spending a lot of my time on talking about unchristian men, unsaved men. I have some things to say about manhood in its natural state, sure. But what I am especially concerned with is that people of all kinds, of all ages, of all backgrounds, of both sexes, would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we first need men to know God. Men are not made for their own sin. Men are not made for their own purposes. Men are not made to live on this earth in fulfillment of their own selfish desires and wishes. Men are made, like women, to know God, to know the living God. That is when, as a man, you truly are alive, when you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you have repented of your sin and trusted in Christ for everlasting life, for freedom from everlasting wrath, the wrath of the Father. That's the great need of every man. That's the great need of every human being. So what we need to prioritize when we're talking about training strong men is for them to understand that in order to be a strong biblical man, you must first be weak in a salvific sense. There is no one who is strong enough to save themselves. There is no one who is mighty enough to overcome their own sin. There is no one who has the discipline and stoic self-control that is necessary to give themselves a new nature. No man, however muscled, however physically adept, however skilled in numerous areas, can save his own soul. And so no man is his own solution. Every man is his own problem, but for every man, it is Christ and Christ alone who is the answer. If a man is to truly live, he cannot trust his own strength. He must trust Jesus Christ. He must be born again. That is when you truly find strength. When in spiritual terms you recognize just how desperately weak you are. You have no ability to save yourself. You have nothing virtuous in yourself that will commend you to God in natural terms. You cannot undertake some sort of salvific project by your own strength that will get you to glory. You can't do it. It will not work. It's not just true for some men. It's true for all men. Every man is in infinite need of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Just like every man and woman, every boy and girl, every human being is in infinite need of the grace of God to be found in Jesus Christ. So we want to form strong men in the church. We should. We desperately need them. And if we're going to have them, we can't just give men tips on being uh, a more productive man or being a more disciplined man or being a family man or anything like this. These are all good things to train men to be. But, but you can't get men to where they need to be by moral coaching. You have to first help men understand that in spiritual terms, they are, they are terrifically weak and they are in need of Jesus Christ and his grace. So we need men to know God. And that is the moment when actually, ironically, your weakness is spiritual strength because you are rejecting the pseudo-strength of the devil and you are embracing the true strength that is found in Jesus Christ. Every man has to come to the end of himself, though. 
and must realize that he cannot save himself. He is not his own savior. He is not up to the task. He is not sufficient for these things. He needs God's help. He needs nothing less than divine rescue. Secondly, when men do trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we need men who find their strength in God. It does, this, this, uh, this metamorphosis that I was just describing is not simply something that needs to be recognized at the beginning of Christian faith. We need men who begin the Christian life knowing their weakness and then ongoingly know their weakness and thus know that they will only be strong if they are strong in God. Now, the good news is that we can find strength in God. God actually does make men strong. God actually does make every Christian born again. He does give every Christian a new nature, and he does call men to certain tasks. He calls men to certain roles. He wants men to fulfill certain duties in the kingdom of God, and those are duties that require strength, and he supplies the strength for those duties. This is why the Apostle Paul says in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, he says, act like men. Act like men. What he is saying in that phrase, and drizestha in the Greek, is that he wants, he wants his audience to be courageous. So the Apostle Paul equates manhood with courage. Or if you wanted to switch it around, the Apostle Paul equates manhood with strength. But you must distinguish this from any form of worldly strength. The Apostle Paul isn't saying, go out and kill a bear with one hand or something like this. That's not what he means at all. No one should think that. The Apostle Paul, however, is saying that, yes, manhood should be identified with courage, and courage should be identified with strength. And so today, we need men who find their strength in God. And then thirdly, we need men who act in strong ways in God's name. We need men who will put their God-given strength to work. We need men who will resist the flesh. We need men who will be self-controlled and disciplined. We need men who will be strong to preach the gospel to themselves and to others. We need men who will, who will be strong to oppose evil in this world wherever it rears its wicked head. We need men who will be strong to undertake the upbuilding of local churches. We need men who will be strong to proclaim the whole counsel of God when it's challenged. We need men who will be strong to build a vocation in a world that encourages them to be lazy and to drop out and to lean back. We need men to find their strength in God, and then we need men to act on that strength. Thirdly, there are too many men who believe that in coming to Christian faith, they have abandoned any form of strength, and it is a lie. It's not true. So many of the biblical men who populate the narrative of Scripture, thousands of years of faithful following of God, were strong men. Not strong men in terms of cultural strength, not strong men in terms of their own strength, but men that God made strong, men that God filled with spiritual power, men that God gave great dynamism to, men who opposed kings, men who stood against wicked kingdoms, men, men who spoke up when no one else would. This is not just true of the New Testament. This is true of the Old Testament. It's part of why we desperately need preaching from the Old Testament and the New Testament alike. We're not supposed to think that uh, principles 
and presuppositional statements are all the Bible has for us to learn godliness. There's all sorts of stories. There's all sorts of dramatic characters and events in the Bible. And all of that, whether it is binding on us as New Covenant Christians or not, is supposed to teach us something of what it means to be a follower of God. And something, ultimately, it teaches us about God. So when you're reading a story like the famous stand David took against Goliath, yes, you are absolutely witnessing strong manhood on display. All of it driven by God, all of it fired by God and fueled by God, none of it owing to David's greatness in and of himself. And yet, was not David a strong man? He didn't look strong. He was the runt of his family. Nobody pushed him forward when Samuel came to find out who of his family was going to be anointed the next king of Israel after Saul, who was a weak man, a self-made weak man who lost his kingdom because of sin. No one put David forward. He didn't look the part. They didn't think of him in those terms. But it turned out that David was a strong man of God. He was a man who feared the Lord. He was a man who did all he could by the grace of God to obey God. And then when this evil Philistine defied not only the armies of God, but God himself, David was the only one who would put his life on the line. David was a strong man of God. Friends, truly this is the need of the day. Strong men, men of all different sizes, men of all different athletic backgrounds or not athletic backgrounds, men of all different IQ levels, men of different theological ability, on and on it goes. The, the key point is not any human trait. The key point among all these godly men we need is that they find their strength in God and then God puts them to work as God has so frequently been pleased to do not only in biblical history but in church history. We need men who get a call at 3 a.m. and do not find selfish reasons to decline it. We need watchmen on the wall who scan the horizon for threats to the city, the city of God, and strive to do all they can to protect the people living and sleeping and making their way in that city. We need strong men of God who will boldly stand for the truth, oppose evil, proclaim what is good, not out of hatred for any person, but out of love for God and love for man. We need men who will lead in sharing the gospel. We need men who will lead their families and family devotions on a weekly basis. We need men who will find their strength in God and will get up early in order to read the Bible and, and find time in the day to pray to God. We desperately need men who will be strong enough to admit that they are weak in themselves and will fight their sin and will kill their sin, not just fight it, mark this, who will kill their sin by the power of God, who, when they see a lustful pattern in their mind or their heart, will confess it to God and, and put it to death and ask God to kill it and ask God to give them a new affection, a new love, a new zeal for the things of God. The list could go on of of the kind of men we need and the kind of act actions we need from those men, we could go on at length. <laughs> there is, in fact, much 
for those kind of men to do today. Nonetheless, the point stands. We need men who will answer the call. We need men in spiritual terms, but even, yes, in physical terms, who will go to any length to honor God, do what is right, defend the defenseless, speak for the voiceless, help the weak, who will break a truck window with their bare hand when there is no rock to pick up. We need that kind of man. We need to turn that kind of man out in our churches. It will only happen when we have strong elders who create in the church, in the local church, a culture of discipleship and who go out of their way to train godly men who raise them up, who strengthen them, who, who give them rebuke, who give them encouragement, who give them training, who give them wisdom. Truly, this is the only way you can form strong men. You should especially remember this in a compromised culture like ours that is not at all focused on turning out strong men. In a society and culture like this, we're going to have to redouble our efforts if we are going to see strong men. But by the grace of God, we can. By the grace of God, in our congregations, we can create cultures of discipleship, and we can raise up men who know that in themselves they are weak, but in God they are made strong. They are not made strong for their own good, but they are made strong for the good of others. They are made strong so that they can act in love toward others, toward a wife, toward children, toward the church body, toward those outside of the church body who are in distress, toward the unbeliever who needs to hear the gospel. So this is the kind of man we need. Let's pray for this kind of man today. Let's build in the shadows. Yes, there is much afoot in our culture that is discouraging and that waylays men and encourages them to find their identity in sinful things and weakness. But we must push against such, such a culture today, and we must build a better culture in our churches and in our Christian institutions, and we must raise up strong men, men who will go so far to honor God that they will even break their own arm if necessary, men who will even give their own life if necessary, who will not count their life as precious, but who will gladly sacrifice it for the glory of God, for the glory of their Savior, for the good of those God has put under them to serve, lead, provide for, care for, shepherd, and protect. Thanks for listening to City of God, a podcast at the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We're so thankful you stopped by. We encourage you to continue to join the conversation at cpt.mbts.edu, the official website of the center. And we encourage you to follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. Join us in coming days as we continue the conversation on what it means to be the city of God in the city of man. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.